Hello and welcome to The Trials. These are the System Playtest Actual Play Podcasts from the RPG Academy. I am Michael and this is The Trial of Numenera Episode 1, Poke the Goo. So in this episode, this is where the actual play actually starts. We have wrapped up our rules discussion with our guest GM Lex from Starwalker Studios. And uh, we begin the adventure proper. So we will quickly introduce our characters the way they are introduced in Numenera. And then we jump straight into the story. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this little adventure that uh, Lex ran from us. Again, I believe it is from the core rulebook. So if you have the core book, then you can kind of play along. And there are a couple times where we reference the map. I'm going to try to include a copy of the map in the show notes. Uh, so if anybody has any questions or having a hard time keeping up, um, that will help. But uh, for the most part, I think it's a pretty good uh, audio-only experience. At least I hope so. And I hope you guys enjoy. So here is The Trial of Numenera, Episode 1, Poke the Goo. I am playing the character Denwar, uh, a swift jack who works miracles. I am Mulran, a rugged glaive who employs magnetism. <laughs> and I am Sados, or Sados. I'm a stealthy jack who carries a quiver and the hands of fate. <laughs> I am Trazen, a mechanical nano who talks to machines. So, so yeah, like I said, this this weird earthquake happened last night, and it's the next day. You guys have been traveling for a few hours, and you come into this uh, clearing in the forest, and there's ahead of you what looks like it was originally a pretty decent size, like rocky hill, but it looks like it has collapsed from the earthquake, and you see coming out of the side of this rocky hill, this met this metal like structure. And it is a very smooth looking metal. It's slightly curved. And uh, obviously there was some big thing that was buried in the earth. And this earthquake has kind of revealed part of it. And you see uh, like a tear in the metal side of this structure. Um, and, there's like this kind of thick orange fluid kind of dribbling out of it onto the ground. Does it appear to be that something has torn its way out of the ship or into the ship? Uh, it looks like it's probably from the earthquake that when this, when this thing ah. came up out of the ground, it, it kind of twisted and tore a bit. But um, when you go closer to get a closer look, it, it does look like something may have widened the opening um, because it's big enough you guys could actually squeeze through and it, it looks like something might have kind of wedged it farther open. And, and wedged it farther open on its way in? Or out. It's kind of hard to tell. Is 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 this uh, something, did it need a shape roughly humanoid shaped or did it need a shape roughly bear shaped? Sort of <laughs> sort and squat or tall and skinny? Um, it doesn't look big enough for a bear to get through. Oh, thank God. Like, you guys could barely squeeze through this. Wait, do we even know what bears are? There are equivalents to bears. Okay. Um, there's bear not really anything that we would recognize in this world, but... It's uh, future bears. So, the uh, 
the visible section of this ancient structure is curved and it appears to be made of various metals and synth, which is kind of like plastic, uh, joined with knobs, smooth seams and elements that resemble hinges. Most of it feels smooth and some parts appear more malleable yet too strong to break or tear easily. Other sections, most of which are circles about six inches wide, seem to be made of tightly woven mesh. The material vibrates with a slight constant shudder and is warm to the touch. Does it pass water? What do you mean? I mean, I drip water onto the mesh and onto the non-mesh parts. Do the mesh parts pass uh, liquid through them? Yes. The visible... Is it... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, is it is the ship breathing? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> my, my guess is that it's a massive speaker. All right. So as the guy who, since he talks to machines, I'm going to put my hand on it and just sort of open my senses and see if I can commune with this mechanical monstrosity. Okay. Um, so you can uh, make an intellect roll to see how well you do that. Okay. So... Uh, is there, again, a difficulty, or do I just roll it and you'll tell me if I pass or fail at that point? Yeah, this is kind of like a scaling thing, so the, the higher you roll, the, the more information you'll get. Okay. And I do have two edge uh, in intellect. And I rolled... Do, do you want to spend effort on it? Because since you have two edge, it will only cost you one intellect instead of three if you want to spend effort, or do you just want to roll it? I, I will spend one then. Okay. Okay, so uh, I rolled a nine. Okay, so so that's a difficulty three, but since you spit effort, you actually hit a difficulty four, which is actually pretty good. Oh, I didn't tell you guys kind of what the difficulties mean. That'd probably be a good thing to know. I was going to ask about the dice. I might have missed that, but... They're uh, called polyhedrals. They come in various shapes and sizes. <laughs> There's numbers. Okay, so difficulty zero is a routine task anybody can do. And basically, if you use effort or skills to reduce a difficulty to zero, you don't even have to roll. You automatically succeed. Uh, difficulty one is simple. Most people can do it most of the time. Two is standard. This is a typical task that most people can usually do. Three is demanding. Most people have a 50-50 chance to succeed. And four, which is the difficulty you hit, Michael, is difficult where even trained people have a 50-50% chance to succeed. So that's a pretty good roll. So you kind of, you touch this machine and you you definitely get the feeling that um, that it's, I don't know if I'd say alive, but that it's, there's power running through it. Um, it's functioning, doing whatever it is that it does. Um, it's very warm to the touch. But you also get the the impression that um, it's somehow damaged and not just kind of these superficial tears and things in it, but there's something deeper wrong with it. Yeah, is this a, a point where my special ability to scan would come in to help? Helpful, I can actually figure get some of that out, or do we need to explore further before I could figure that out? Well, scan. Uh, you can only scan like a ten foot cube. Um, so you. You know, you could scan, like, the, Here. The, the exterior of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, as someone who talks to machines, the fact that it's it's not working, and I kind of translate that to injured, 
And so I do want to repair it if possible. Uh, I feel so it's almost like a sympathetic response to, to a machine that's not functioning properly. Cool. I'm going to get out my collapsible 10-foot pole and poke at the yellow-orange goo that's dripping out of the ship. Okay. Um, it's kind of uh, slimy. It kind of sticks to the pole. It, kind it of does mucusy not crawl almost. up the pole or try to eat no. the pole? No. No. <laughs> Good. Does it uh, seem like it would qualify as a shin, as it is a futury something? No. <laughs> oh. Good question, though. Godzilla blew its nose, and you want to keep it. So so the, the ship is bleeding, and we're all sorry for it. That's what we know so far. I say we go inside. I agree with going inside. Let's do it. So so you guys go inside. So as as you start to go in, you you catch a smell of chemicals and rot. And there's this underlying odor that's kind of there for a second and then gone that you can't really identify. Um, this hole leads into a shaft or a corridor about six feet wide. The walls and ceiling are made of overlaid strips of cloth. And the floor consists of a translucent material that bows lightly as you step on it. The area below the floor is a shadowy expanse broken occasionally by blinks and streams of glowing colors. And there is, you know, some light coming in through the hole, some sunlight, but, but other than these kind of faint colors beneath the floor, there's no uh, illumination. So it kind of fades into darkness down this tunnel. Is it too dark to move forward safely? Do we need to, Try to light a torch or something or get a flashlight? Uh, yeah, if you go very deep into it, you'll probably want some kind of light source. Now, I'm guessing one of you probably has an Explorer's Pack. I do. And that has uh, some glow globes in it, which are basically these little spheres that float around and follow you around and produce light. They're pretty cool. All right, then. Do they randomly shout, hey, look at this, and tell us <laughs> no. to press the B button? <laughs> if they do, I'm not using them. <laughs> well, yeah, let's fire those up, buddy. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to pull out however many I have. You have four. <laughs> I was gonna. I was hoping for four. That's great. <laughs> so if there's any way for, for me to attune them to each of my compatriots, I will do so. Like maybe hand them off and then they shake them and let them go like lanterns. Or yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that sounds great. So here you go, buckos. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom. And then I'm going to shake and release. Mine's name is Tattle. <laughs> What? So, yeah, they emit this, like, white light, like a white LED kind of light. They're pretty bright. Oh, good. That's good on energy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, assuming that we've done stuff like this before and we kind of have an idea of each other's abilities and uh, their function, who makes the most sense to be in front? Who's who's the more fightery warrior of our group? Oh, that's, that's Michael. Me. He's the fightery warrior. Uh, nope. Matthew. Matthew. Parody. Pride. God damn it. Oh, God. you did it. Oh, you, oh, you're from iTunes. I know <laughs> you. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Mulron is going to take I have a shield. The... Okay. Nimrod. Wow. I said Mulron. <laughs> it sounds like Mul well, Moron, and it probably will get there soon, but I said Mulron. <laughs> Oh, well, I heard Nimrod. Well, that's because so. you're a Mulron. Sados and I 
are kind of the roguish ones, so I guess we should be in the middle. And uh, the nano caster will be in the back because nothing ever comes wrong? up from behind. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll I'll go in the back. <laughs> I have a bow. If there's stuff in front and if stuff comes up in back, I'll scream loudly. But can you shoot it in this game, or do you, do you take that to every single one of your games? <laughs> the inability to shoot things. Hey, take offense to that for some reason. Well, it it just so turns out that Sados Sados's bow is from this museum from this weird medieval era. Yeah. And this and this bow has this really great historical story of it, its owner had this mask and she fought these undead but she just <laughs> couldn't hit anything ever. Mhm. You know, we'll, we'll and the ruins on it. <laughs> Some of us let the dice do the talking, gentlemen. That's right. <laughs> okay, so we will continue to explore with Moron, the Moron up front. Ao, with my my sword staff and shield out. Okay. Hua, hua. Uh, one of my weapons is called a Vared or a Varid. Yeah. Is that a is that a ranged weapon? Is that a stick for beating with it's it's kind of like a sword that has two blades that split oh oh it's a forked sword yeah yeah fork it let's go <laughs> and what is what is what is sato's weapon the sisk uh the the sif, sif I, I assume it's like a shiv only with a k sisk i will have to look that up i don't know what that is s-i-s-k while we stumped the guy that wrote the game, we win. <laughs> All right, guys, good night. It's been fun. Oh, this is a bladed throwing disc about the diameter of a human head. Ooh. So it's a throwing oh, so weapon. He's Xena. Fancy. I was going to say, he's like Scarlet Spider. <laughs> Excellent. Does it does it come back if you bounce it off of a couple bad guys? <laughs> I don't think so. I think it like sticks into them. <laughs> oh, so it's like a killing boomerang. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Aborigine boy, let's go. All right. <laughs> All right. So this uh, corridor is about 100 feet long, and then it opens into a larger room that's built of the same material of the tunnel. It has a low ceiling with large squares of fabric hanging down from the ceiling. Uh, the wall is made of crisscross strips of metal uh, that form squares about six inches. And on the other side of this kind of like metal wire grid, you can see uh, that this that this vessel opens up like there's a much larger chamber on the other side of this grid. Right. Is this something we think that it might it's like sort of like a doorway that it would open up or is this just a view into a different part of the the, the uh, building or machine that we could get into a different a different way? OK, so basically the, this tunnel opened up into like a long chamber that goes to the left and the right and then ahead of you is this kind of metal grid um your light isn't you you can see down to the to the right you can kind of see it ends in a wall but to the left your light doesn't quite go all the way down this corridor so there might be something down there or okay. you might have to get through this grid somehow so so the, the grid is is more or less a portcullis and yeah. uh it's yeah. it um it's flush with the wall on the right, and we don't know where it goes on the left. Yeah. Okay. Do we travel to the left? Okay. Well, I do have the ability to, uh, I can activate machinery from a distance, because I talk to machines, so if we could 
if we're close enough to like a control panel, I might be able to open the portcullis from the portcullis. Uh, from here, you don't see a control panel of any kind. Jokes, just kidding. I was going to say, does my Explorer pack come out, uh, have a 10-foot pole so I can tap tap uh, <laughs> little grids to see if there's a trap? Uh, it no, can be an no, extending 10-foot pole. No 10-foot no pole. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a lot of stuff, but it doesn't have that. All right. It has an 8-foot pole. That's but... fair. That's fair. <laughs> and a 12-foot. Oh, oh, but well, but you can't make enough. a 10-foot pole out of the well, we're in the future. It's probably metric. We'll say it's a three-meter pole. <laughs> okay, that's more than eight feet, but good try. <laughs> All right, so you guys are going to the left? Yes. All right, so you walk down uh, quite a ways, and you find in the floor a round, large, gelatinous circle kind of built into the floor near this metal grid wall. It's kind of this pale white color. The metal grid wall, we've been walking alongside of it, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's it's a grid, so we can it's there's holes in it that we can see through. We just can't really see very far into it. Right. Yeah. You can tell that there's a pretty large chamber on the other side of it. The gelatinous thing we're looking at, it's set into the floor like a floor plate. Yeah. Yeah. This big round disc. How big? What's diameter approximately uh, let's see it is about five feet in diameter what color is it is it that orange color it's kind of a pale white color pale white could i go up to it and like tap it with the staff end of my sword staff and be like blah, 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 blah. sure okay i will do so okay you you tap it and it it gives a little bit it's kind of like uh Kind of like Jello, Jello, yeah, but uh, nothing, nothing happens, and and you're not able to actually penetrate it with the staff. It just kind of oh, gotcha. bends a it little bounces. bit. Yeah. yeah. It would there be any sort of skill that I could have claimed with my flex skill that would be the equivalent of a D and D knowledge check that I could make use of as we're exploring through here? Uh, yeah. There's actually a skill called Numenera that applies to like all the weird tech and stuff like that that you encounter. Oh, hey, can I take that right now? Sure. Okay. I'm guessing that's an intellect? Yes. Okay. So I'm going to claim Numenera for my intellect flex skill. (laughs) And can I make a roll with that as we're exploring here, going down this hallway, looking at the gelatinous whatever? Yeah, totally. Okay. So... Do, do I know what the target is, or am I just rolling? Um, at this point, you're just rolling. Okay. So I have an edge of one in intellect. Okay. I'm not going to spend anything out of my pool, because I, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of making general observations. Okay. Oh, I rolled a five. Okay, so that's a difficulty one, but since you're trained, that's a two. Um, So that's a standard difficulty so you're not sure exactly but you have in other places you've seen some interfaces that looked kind of like this oh no that sometimes you you touch them or you move around them and they'll do things Hmm. but you're not sure exactly how this thing works uh i think i would look over at uh who is our resident talking to machine things 
and say, hey, buddy, that might be something you could talk to. Okay, then I will step forward and scan the area. Okay. All right, you scan it. Um, there is definitely uh, some machinery underneath this, some some electronics, and you're detecting lots of metal and synth, and there there's power running to it. And you actually can sense uh, lines of power going from this thing to this metal grid. And now that you're scanning, you're actually, your scan takes in the metal grid a bit too. And you realize that this metal grid actually has a low level electric field going through it. You don't think it would be enough to like hurt you if you touched it. But if you touched it for a long time, it would probably get very unpleasant. Do not pee on that. <laughs> you you think that this disc might somehow control it because okay. it, it does seem to be connected to it can i attempt to figure that out or I- interact with it and open that gate sure sure okay is that just a touch it see what happens or is that a roll uh that's up to you <laughs> you can make a roll well, or thought- you can tell me like what you do to investigate it or uh, again, I mean, I do obviously. I, I talk to machines, uh, and I have skills specifically with uh, involve, in, involving electrical machines. So I, I may not be familiar with this particular interface, but I have interfaced with many things before. Shut your mouth. <laughs> so I would like to try to figure out the best way. I don't. I don't want to just randomly hit buttons. Like this is something I should be good at. And I have some familiarity with. Okay. Um, so why don't you go ahead and just, just make a roll, an intellect roll, and you, I'm pretty sure you're trained in Numenera too, because you're a nano. I have, I'm specialized in that, and then I have... Oh, wow. Uh, I'm trained in all tasks involving electrical machines. Okay. Nice. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. And I got a 17, so yeah, that's probably pretty good, right? Yes. So that's a difficulty five, plus you're specialized, so that's a difficulty seven, which is formidable, impossible without skills or great effort. So, yeah, you you between your scan and things that you've seen before, uh, you actually are pretty certain that this is a motion-activated device and that by just moving your hands over it in certain patterns or whatever would probably get it to do things. And you kind of move your hand over it just to see what will happen. And it starts, it lights up and starts glowing with this kind of swirling orange spiraling light. And then rapidly decompresses the room we're in. (laughs) (laughs) No, good, good. And, And I'll say you're kind of doing this at the same time you're scanning and you notice when you move your hand over it and it lights up that the electrical field in the grid, uh, deactivates. Okay. So it's almost like I'm I'm cracking an old timey safe. As as I'm spinning, I'm listening for the clicks, and then yeah, I know I've hit yeah. something. I go back the other way. All right. So <laughs> some trial and error. I uh, I'm going to try to deactivate that grid so that we can move further into the uh, into the. It, so are we thinking it's a ship? Or someone called it a ship earlier. Is that do we know that it's a ship? Or are we just saying that? I mean, it's it's up to you what your character thinks. I don't think you necessarily know that yet. But I told you the adventure name was Seed Ship, so I kind of okay. Gave so that it away. okay. <laughs> So we, we will, the, the construct, we will go deeper into the construct. So I'm going to turn off the electrical field. So we should be able to hopefully open the, uh, the portcullis grid thingy and, and head that way. Yeah. It looks like as long as someone holds their hand over it, it'll deactivate. But as soon as you pull your hand away, it charges back up again. 
Okay. Well, so all we need to do is find someone's hand that we can sever and then put above this. <laughs> Easy. Easy peasy. With, uh, with the electrical field disabled, can we try to lift the gate or push on it? Uh, yeah, you, you try uh, lifting and pushing on it. It seems like it's uh, secured to the walls and ceiling. Um, it's not... It's not like ridiculously strong. You think you could uh, cut through it with tools or weapons? Hmm. Okay, so I will. Uh, I'll continue to de- to uh, deactivate the electrical field if we want the rest of the party to try to figure out how to either open it or cut it open. Now that they won't be uh, murdered by it. Doesn't this seem like an inefficient use of of such a complicated and mysterious control mechanism that it's just one <laughs> on off function for an electrical thing? There there aren't some additional like if we have a third hand in here like the creators might have, we can't get it to turn it off and like roll the garage door up or something. I'll try to do some shadow puppets and see if maybe like mm-hmm. a, a hopping mm-hmm. rabbit is what we, actually we, we, we do have a lot do. of impromptu sign language. And <laughs> nothing, nothing. Maybe we could keep exploring. Maybe there's another button or another panel somewhere. Another big pile of goo that has one function. Perfect. <laughs> well, wait a second. If y- we're only at the that... one end of the hall, we haven't been to the other, right? And he, and he did say that there was orange goo flowing out of the ship. So maybe one of these buttons got destroyed when the thing got ripped open. That's leaking out of the ship. Yeah. So all we need to do is go back and get it and put it somewhere in here and do hand gestures <laughs> over it. And so the we've door got warm jello in the sun, so we need to freeze it and then remold it back into shape, maybe with or without a stapler in the middle, and then, uh, then we're fine. <laughs> Okay, right. I walk out of the ship and start poking that other goo and waving at it and seeing if a door opens somewhere. And Denoir is never heard or seen again. Denoir's <laughs> brother, Denoir 2, walks into the ship. Hey, guys. <laughs> well, actually, um, when, you, when you poke the goo, you need to make a might defense roll. Oh, it's a ochre jelly. A future ochre jelly. So oh. your difficulty for this is four, which means you need a 12 or higher unless you spend effort. Okay. So I have, does that include my one edge or do, the edge changes what I would spend if I want it to? Yeah. The edge will make the effort cost two instead of one. Okay. So I, I right now have a pool of 14 in might with an edge of one. If I spent, I spend one out of my pool or two out of my pool. Two. Okay, which is the equivalent of a spending three. Right, right. Gotcha, okay. So, yes, I will spend two out of my might pool. Okay, which means so I that would, drops it to a three, so you only need a nine now. I need a nine or better on my die. Twelve. Nice. Um, you, you touch this stuff, and it starts kind of burning your skin, and you yank your hand away really fast. And uh, it doesn't do any permanent damage, but you're pretty sure that you don't want to touch this stuff. All right. I'll look at um, Mulrain and Sados and say, um, Denoir didn't go outside to touch that goo, would he? I mean, that would have been a really stupid thing to do. I don't think that's what he did. did <laughs> yeah. I, no, I don't, I stick my, I don't think he I did I stick that. my head inside the ship. Hey, guys, uh, don't touch the stuff. Yeah, we already knew that. Thanks. So. <laughs> um, you know, I just wanted to get some, some good logical information. So, uh, right. yeah, if, if it's not caustic, it's an oxidizer, it's a something. I mean, it's it's you don't touch stuff. You know what? Even in the future, I'm sick of your goddamn smarts. 
You're like this cop who like like sees that little baggie of powder, right, and dips his pinky in and puts it on his tongue, like, oh, it's drugs, <laughs> and not like cyanide or acid or something. <laughs> oh man, I, I gotta know if it's pure or not. Come on, my years on the street have taught me this. So you need to change your focus to touches things. <laughs> you are Dinmar. That's a great focus. The Jack who touches things. Yeah, can I can I add an aspect to my character? <laughs> can that be my trouble? <laughs> Touch stuff. Okay, so um, just make sure I understand because obviously we are not mapping this as you as you're describing it. We probably should, but we're not. Is there a way for us to explore further right now, or do we need to find a way to open that mesh gate? Yeah, you need to find a way either through or around the mesh gate at this well, point. We well, we went left. Can we go back to the right? Sure. Let's do that. I want to find something else to poke. Okay. Um, so at this point, I'll have everyone make a perception roll, which is based on intellect. I did bad. Jeez, I got a five. <laughs> All right. I, I rolled extremely well, and I have two edges in that, but I don't think I need to spend them. I got a 19. Okay. So I rolled a nine. What do I add to that? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Just nine? (laughs) Okay, cool. All right. I'm Um, I'm, I'm not perceiving nothing. More than me, buddy. So Michael Michael got the first 19 of the night, so now I will explain uh, special effects. So when you roll a 19 or a 20, you get a special effect. A 19 is a minor effect. And a 20 is a major effect. So it's kind of like a critical. So you, you rolled a 19 and you actually uh, notice that uh, there is a hidden hatch in the floor over at that end. And, and he notices that with his glowing eyes. That's a special effect. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the hatch turned kind of gold and twinkled for a minute and I knew to click it. Fancy. I hit the alt tab button. It was also a different right. color than the rest of the floor, so you knew you could interact with it. Exactly. Like Scooby-Doo. Now that you found that, I can show you the little map that I have. Okay. So you guys entered in the area one. So that's the tunnel you came down, and you're in area two right now. And the little hatch is that little square on the left, and you see the little round orange thing on the right. And then the mesh is in in front of you. Okay. And the map is confusing because west is up instead of north being up. (laughs) So the mesh is, you guys are, when you came down the tunnel, you were headed east and and the mesh is on that east wall there. Gotcha. Okay. So I will direct um, Mulround to the the hatch and see if we can open it. Okay. He's taken a brief absence from his body his mind is now free floating his subconscious is in the ether so i will <laughs> i will go to sados and see if he wants to open it yeah yeah I'll, I'll i'll try to open it i mean i don't have any skills in that but i i have two hands and if there's a lever or something i can you know probably manipulate that i'm all about trying way. to poke stuff so i'm gonna jump for that let's go <laughs> oh, all right we're both trying right. to open it here let's, we go hey we're the two rogues let's do it <laughs> Both try to All find right, well, you guys open it, no problem. Once oh. you find it, it's it's easy to open. And it, it looks like it, it leads to like a chute that seems to go down to uh, the next room. The, the, uh, the, the area that you guys are on is, is kind of like a balcony. So area, here I'll share the thing again. Area three 
is about 20 feet below you, the floor. So this chute kind of goes down to there, to area three. Excellent. Okay. So basically it's like a slide where we are just going to yeah. slide to the bottom. Oh, yep. okay. Are there, are there rungs to... that we can get back or not so much? Uh, No, but it's it looks like you could probably climb up it. It's not like super slippery. Okay. It's it's interesting to me that that that, that whoever designed this ship or uh rave den as I will start to call it has has built it to keep uh the people who are outside safe from the things inside. <laughs> yeah. Could be. So the <laughs> the gate we were looking through was really kind of a a viewing deck we were on because you said we're on kind of a balcony so we were looking it yeah would have looked down into the area we're going into now yes and is, is the floor here uh really brown and covered in green flecks of stuff okay uh this chamber is large it's hundreds of feet wide and possibly half again that much in length the lighting is very dim so there is some lighting in here Although you have a sense that things are moving about in the shadows among the plants that fill the room. From floor to ceiling, this place appears to be about 50 feet high and higher toward the center. So this room is filled with these really strange looking plants. And none of you have ever seen plants like this anywhere before. You've never seen anything like these. Uh, They're white and blue in color. They have broad leaves And there are even some kind of thin, thorny trees. And obviously, they don't require light uh, because there is not nearly enough light in here, you know, for normal plants to survive. Do do they require water? Is the ground wet? Yes, the the ground is uh, very wet. Um, In fact, if you stand still for longer than a moment or two, uh, it's almost like you kind of sink into the floor a little bit. You also feel something slithering over your feet or around your legs. Uh, Is this a trash compactor? (laughs) There is a smell of stagnant water and rot. And there are also uh, insects buzzing around everywhere. And these insects are not like insects you've ever seen before. They're very strange looking insects. All right. Well, I I recommend that we kind of... Stick close to the wall uh, and try to make a circuit of the room to get a feel for where we are. And I want to avoid the thorny tree-like things that are probably going to kill us. I mean, stick us. I and, mean, and, us. And, and the slithery <laughs> things and the flying things, all of which... In fact, uh, do we have environment suits? That seems like a good thing to put on. <laughs> I'm not good with environment suits. <laughs> I have clothing. Does does that cover the entirety of my body in some atmosphere tight way? <laughs> I don't think so. Unfortunately, Damn. not. You're, you're wearing shorts and a wife beater. Sados oh. <laughs> knows how to. That's dress. offensive. It's a Daisy Dukes and a wife beater, but really futuristic <laughs> Daisy Dukes. The other thing is, you quickly figure out the things moving around your feet are these uh, biomechanical creatures. They actually look more uh, mechanical than biological, though they have biological elements. And they are the source of the kind of faint lights that you saw moving around through the floor in the balcony. Um, they're kind of scurrying around the floor and, and they all glow like kind of different faint colors. 
Would my um, skill in botany help me uh, any more than anyone else with um, maybe discerning these leaves, these creatures that emit light and roots and berries? Yeah. Um, actually, you are pretty sure that these plants are not from this world. Oh, I love those. <laughs> in fact, you're not even sure that they're from this universe. Like they might oh, be boy. from like another dimension or something because they are really bizarre. So does that mean they count as shins? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, shins are little gold pieces from microchips <laughs> and Spanish doubloons that we find. Be all the... kinds of rare things. They could be organic. <laughs> we don't know they're not. No, it's gotta be gold. The little biomechanical things on the ground do they react to our presence are they just doing a task and they seem to just move around us they're they're just kind of scurrying around doing their thing but when one of you moves too close to one it like runs away and and scurries up the tree can i try to pick one up sure can i try to touch one Uh, okay so when i watched the movie prometheus (laughs) as soon as the dude tried to slap the penis looking vagina thing in the head i'm like you're an idiot (laughs) and now Denwar's going to try the same thing? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I stand behind Denwar's decisions. I mm-hmm. proudly take the role of the idiot in every horror movie. I'm going to take a slight <laughs> step backwards. Well, that, that will be a difficulty five speed task to catch one of them. So that would mean I would need a 15 or better on the die? Yes. If you want, you can spend effort and drop it to a four. Yeah, I'm just going to roll it. I'm just going to see what happens. Okay. And I got lucky. I got an 11, so never mind. Yeah, they're very quick. They're very squirrel like as far as how they move. Very fast. It scurries up to two. They're more like squirrels than snakes. Well, there are snakes too, or the tentacle demon that inhabits the entire underbrush, one of the two. (laughs) So, So basically, we're exploring this weird force from another dimension inside a ship. And all of a sudden, you see me running around trying to catch one. Saying, hey, come here, come here, come here. Ah, ah. And I'm, I'm running back and forth, and I slip and fall, and I'm in the mud, and I get up. I almost had it that time. Hold on. <laughs> Keep trying, buddy. I'm going to change your title again. You're now Dinwar, the simpleton who touches things. <laughs> so if, if I assume that we can see that this room has three exits from our vantage point. Uh... You you have to. It's too big for you to see the whole room with your light, but but once you kind of explore it a little bit, yeah, you find that there are, there are three exits. Um, the one to the north is a round door. Um, let's well, see. I think it, it. I mean, since the whole place is on a slant, right? We're on a pretty good tilt. I think it makes yeah, sense you, to try yeah. the, the up first before down. We don't know how far down goes, but we know up has to have a limit because we've seen it. I agree. Agreed. Okay. I follow. So that would mean we're heading to the south door that's on the right of the map. Okay. Number four? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, there's this very strange large round door. It glows softly and... At first glance, it appears to be covered with flowing water. Like flowing up and down? Yeah, and it kind of glows a blue color. All right, I will uh, scan that to see if I can figure out what it is and how to open it. 
Um, it you're not sure what it is. It's uh, it's definitely not water. It seems to be some kind of metal slash synth kind of material that seems to be in this weird fluid state. So it's like flowing, but it's actually solid and it you you don't see any locks or mechanisms. You you think it actually just kind of slides open. Hey Denwar, you want to you want to touch this? Yep. <laughs> yep. Den Denwar to the side. Denwar happily pokes it. Okay. Uh it feels very strange. It it feels like a smooth metal, but it's like flowing underneath your hand. Is this but, is this, um, this kind of like the uh the mirror scene in the Matrix? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> can I Does it does this um does the surface this... feel like I can push through it? No, it's it's actually solid, but somehow it's flowing. Um so you said it's metal, right? It seems to be, yeah. Uh Mulran would like to reach out with his magneto powers and see if he can open it. Okay. Uh yeah, you open it. It slides open. <sighs> Without <laughs> damaging it? Man. So Yeah, it just kind of slides into the wall. So the inhabitants of this ship must have had magneto powers. <laughs> this is my ship. <laughs> this ship is my birthright. Get off. <laughs> this is my room. So what's in his room? It's uh, like There's a sweet <laughs> Farrah Fawcett poster on the ceiling. <laughs> so this is a triangular room lit by gooey globs that are attached to the walls. The uh, many there are many instrument panels. Some are intact. Uh, most of them are destroyed, and uh, the globs are kind of all over the panels and all the surfaces in the rooms. Uh, they glow in a variety of colors, and they seem to move slowly over the surfaces in unknown patterns. Most of the walls are constructed of the same translucent material that you've seen in here before. Through them, you can see the rock and debris surrounding the buried structure. On the other side of the walls, large tunnels have been dug through the dirt. Tunnels? It seems to me like this is kind of maybe the bridge of the ship, the cockpit? Yeah. Well, so, uh, so the, uh, the, the things crawling over it, is this the crew? Is this what is left of the crew? Are these natural things that have crawled in here? They they don't look like they're they're the intended lighting because they're crawling all over the instrument panels. That wouldn't make a very effective flight station, right? <laughs> that that it 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 make the glow all in your eye like all the Star Trek movies, right? You'd have the <laughs> what's no that's <laughs> supposed to be there. Flare. Yeah, that's supposed yeah. to be there. That makes it cool. Um, can I make a Numenera uh, skill check to? kind of get a sense of what this is, get some instinct based on my experience with the world. Sure. Okay. Um, I have a 15. Nice. Yeah, you, you think that this was originally some kind of control center for this facility? You, you kind of fiddle with some of the, the panels that are that are still functioning, and you can't really get much of anything to happen. But you you do think that that if you wanted to, you you could probably dig into the guts of some of these panels and and find some some ciphers and things like that. And the blobby things are they the same blobby thing I poked outside the ship that first time? No, 
No, that was like uh like just an orange fluid. These are some kind of creatures. I tap our botanist on the shoulder and ask him if uh these thingies came from the same weird planet as the thingies in the other room. <laughs> Answer yes. <laughs> really? They're not native to our planet? So 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 where do the tunnels go? The tunnels. I don't know, let's go down and find out. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Are the these tunnels are going around like the windows that we're looking through out of the cockpit? Yeah, they're like tunnels in the dirt outside of the ship. Like like something or some things have been tunneling around in the ground around the ship where it's buried there is a window in the cockpit basically the walls are are translucent you can see through the walls oh that's right you mentioned that the tunnels do they look like they've been dug out of the ship or into the ship uh around it basically imagine you put a like a like a lego toy into an existing ant farm yeah that's yeah it's very much like looking at an ant farm <laughs> Except there are these, bigger I'm, tunnels. I'm glad you used Legos as the reference because I wouldn't have gotten it any other way. <laughs> well, I, I was trying to bring it to a level you could understand. <laughs> Thank are you. These... So the walls? Thank you. That's... The walls are transparent, but they're like 50 feet thick. I don't think you're you're sure how thick they are. It's hard to tell. Do the do they seem intact? Are there any holes or breakage in these walls, windows that we're looking at? No, no. These, yeah, this area is intact. Huh. Well, I I would certainly like to look for some ciphers, but by carefully avoiding uh, the blobby things. What? You're okay. not going to touch them? Break my I I want treasure. Oh, you're going against character type already. I want treasure right now. Maybe I want I'll find treasure something. too. I put gloves on and I take the crawly glow in the dark things. Those are totally treasure. We might as well call these glow in the dark things Maya, right? <laughs> you shut your mouth. All right, so finding ciphers will be a level four intellect task. If you have Numenera, that totally applies. So I can make a Numenera roll instead of just a raw intellect roll? Yeah, so your training will drop it from a four to a three. Can we all roll this? Is this like a groove stealth check we can all roll? You can assist. Um, So one of you specialize in Numenera, right? That's me. Yeah, so you helping him, you actually give him your specialty bonus basically. So, so that drops it to a two. Okay. And then everybody else helping can give it, give him a plus one. All right. I'll give him a pep talk. I'll put my hand on his shoulder and say, don't screw this up. <laughs> We're all counting on you. Good luck. I got so, a 14. So, I pat him on the oh, ass and say, don't screw more than up. enough. All right. So you, you find four ciphers. Ooh. <gasps> and that's like actually, almost one for each of us. Actually, I take it back. You rolled so well that you find seven ciphers. Bam! It's almost like two for each of us. And an oddity. (laughs) Whoa, what's an oddity? Hey, is that on our chart? Moran's been here the whole time. (laughs) Oddities are just little weird things. They don't really have uh, any mechanical use. Um, They're just little weird things. Gotcha. Like a ring that reduces the wearer's sense of touch? Yeah, They're yeah. Trinkets. You guys probably each have one or two already. I do. I'm gonna shake mine right now. <laughs> M- mine is one of those little things that when you turn it over, sounds like a cow. 
Oh, that's awesome. I love those things. Or the rain stick? Yeah. Eh, fuck it. I've got a Dejeridu. I'm just carrying around a Dejeridu the whole time. <laughs> Is that how you pronounce that word? Didgeridoo, yeah. Yeah, that was a didgeridoo. You guys are from Ohio and Idaho. You guys don't know. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. New York right. City. New York City. Okay, so what what sort of ciphery oddity loot did we find? Oh yeah, awesome treasure. Plus ten swords of awesome. I have that already. The first cipher is a ring. It is a force shield pro- projector. Ooh, that sounds like something I should have. Done. And that that creates a shimmering energy shield around the user for one hour, during which time he gains a plus four to armor. Wow. Now, now here's a question. We we can't. Most of us, I assume, are at our cipher limit, so we can't care anymore. But can we drag them behind us in a radio flyer so that they don't go critical and create a super intelligence and eat us? You know, since we're just doing a one shot, I'm not really going to worry about the cipher limit tonight. But but in a real game, how would you how would you handle that? Do you have like special gloves, or do you have to leave your other ciphers behind in the dungeon? And how how does that work? Um. Yeah. You. You usually leave ones behind, but there's actually, there's a cipher mishap table. So you roll a percentile and then you add 10 for every one above the limit that you are. And as you roll higher than 60, badder and badder things happen. <laughs> so there's a chance nothing happens. And then there are things like the ciphers just don't function anymore. Uh, they all blow up. Uh, they form a singularity that sucks everyone in into oblivion. Um, they form an artificial intelligence and attack the party. Like, there's all kinds of weird things that can happen. So, so is, is is the general flow of the game designed so that we we go through ciphers pretty fast? I mean, both the ciphers I have, I think, are one use. Yeah, they're all yeah. Ciphers are all one use. So. Oh, so so basically, we have potions and we're suckers for yep. not having used them so far. Yeah, well, in fairness, I don't know if you've really needed any yet, but... So, if we were playing a real game, at this point, once once um, Denoir pulled out the seven ciphers, I would go, oh, dick! And I would pull out my data sphere siphon, and I would probably just stick it into the wall of the ship. <laughs> and then I would ask my one question, something along the lines of, where the fuck did this ship come from? <laughs> question mark. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Yeah, and you. But you, you said we're not doing that, so I didn't do that. But I'm just saying, as an example for those watching at home. Yeah. That's what you might do at this juncture. Or, or you might leave these here and remember where they are and come back for yeah, them later. That, or... But then the orcs will grab them. You don't want that. <laughs> or the light things. The light things don't count as ciphers, right? I, I can put as many of those into my bag as I want. Yes. Good. Correct. Yeah, those are just weird go- goopy things. You don't want those in your bag. And you only and do you the uh, cipher mishap uh, once per day. So huh. so you got 28 hours of wandering around with all this, like a thousand things in your purse. <laughs> yeah, so the 27th hour set your cipher to giving you an alarm and then just start throwing them away from you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what time of the day this test is made? Because you could... <laughs> Quit trying to game the system. It's a system. I want the rest of my treasure. Come on. Yeah, we got a ring of force. What else? Scott and I are metting from, the from shit a meta game, game 
point of view, the the purpose of the cipher limit is just to get you to use them and not like hoard them. Like, you know, in D&D, you have potions you've had since like fifth level oh, yeah. that you're just like, well, I'm saving this for that perfect time no where in this game they Skyrim want you to inventory. just use them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. So, so you've got the force shield projector. You have a time dilation nodule, uh, with, which is a uh, defensive nodule that goes on your armor. If someone has armor. I have armor. And that for the next 28 hours, the wearer of the armor moves in seemingly random rapid jumps a few inches to one side or the other when attacked. This is an asset by two steps in the wearer's favor. So like that displacement uh, cast blink or, on uh, you. Blink, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and I guess I didn't uh, explain assets. So, so there's three ways you can reduce the difficulty of the role. You can spend effort, you can have a skill, and then there's assets. And assets can be anything like a situational bonus or equipment. Like if you're trying to climb and you have a climbing kit, then that's an asset. And an asset will reduce the difficulty too. Okay. Uh, you guys also find a retaliation nodule, and that also goes on armor. And basically that, when someone hits you, they take some damage. Uh, you find a rejuvenator. This is a pill that Ooh. restores five to your intellect pool when you take it. I have a pill as well. And it gives you a boner for four hours. <laughs> That's hey, a bonus. Yeah. Bonus boner. <laughs> it's a side effect, yeah. Unfortunate. I mean, come on. Who wants a boner in a time like this? Okay, so this one's cool. This is a hunter seeker. Um, this is a shoulder mounted missile. What? <laughs> Holy shit. Predator stuff? That one. Yeah, and it um if if it misses, it will continue to attack for five rounds until it hits. Does it have a range or can I use it right now on that high school bully I always hated and have it just like find its way out of the ship and then two weeks later I read the newspaper that that guy got blown up in a massive coincidental explosion? Yeah, unfortunately it's like a line of sight kind of thing. So, so Well, you do have your high school reunions coming up, you know. <laughs> yeah, you might want to save it for that. You still got those 10 pounds you're trying to lose. Yeah, and that thing does wow. eight damage when it hits, which is Holy a lot shit. in this game. Yeah. Um, and you also find a stim, which is an in injector. And what does that do? That decreases the difficulty of your next action by three steps. Holy wow. Christ. Wow. So that's great when you want to do something really difficult. And then there's or a, you got a, a pill that's a, <laughs> that's a strength boost, and that increases your strength edge. Huh. All kinds By of good one. stuff. Yeah. yeah. For one hour. <laughs> well, do we want to divvy these up, or do we want to just throw them in a bag and yank them out when we need them? Let's, let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's come back for them when we think we need them. I, I think we should take them with us. Oh, well, okay. We'll put them in a bag and pull them out when we think we need them. Okay. But I want the flux capacitor on my armor. It, it might be easier to divvy them up just so that you it's easier to remember like what you have and what you can do. All right. Well, if, is, uh, is Matthew the only one with armor? Because if so, then he 
I have an armor of one. one. Does that count as me having armor? I have goddamn plate mail, so I'm the only one with armor. Bam. <laughs> I'll admit I would really like to have the Predator shoulder-mounted missile. Like, <laughs> I think it. that's just awesome. Take it. So if I get that, I'm okay with you guys dividing the other six. You guys can all have two each. I, I just want the the Predator missile drone thingy. <laughs> well, why don't we give... Uh, why don't we give more on the two things that go on armor? Yeah. One on each arm. <laughs> yeah. Very literal in the armor. I like that. <laughs> um, I'll take the stim, because I can remember Saturday. it. Okay, so what we and, have And the boner is... pill. I'll take the stim and the boner pill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so then I have the strength boost and the force shield ring. How long did the force shield last? Was it all day or just a couple hours? I think it was an yeah, hour, an hour. Okay. Oh well. Oh my god! I listened. Just gonna turn it on now, like Mage Armor, <laughs> in case you might need it. <laughs> Mage Armor's four hours. No, eight hours. Sorry. Depends what edition. But yes. I'm sorry. I was thinking of three point five. Wow, we're nerds, guys. In fifth edition, it's just all day. We arrived. All right, so we got some stuff. Oh, what, what, what was the oddity? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it is a metallic mask that fits perfectly on your face and changes expression when you do. Uh, oh, give it to uh, Scott. Whoa. I put that give on. Give it to Scott. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you literally are Thidel in the future now. It's true. It's true. I've traveled through time and space. I've reinvented my character. <laughs> I've changed genders. Nice. How does the tortured god like us now? <laughs> I'm going to use my boner pill to smear cream all over you. You're not going to like it. <laughs> oh, don't worry, he'd miss. <laughs> he'd just get all over the wall. <laughs> all right. So I believe we're done with this room. Yes. Where do you guys want to go next? Thanks for attending the RPG Academy and listening to our podcast. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. This podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash the RPG Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We will use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out numerous ways. One, you can subscribe to our show on iTunes, or you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Also, if you clear your cookies and then visit Amazon or DriveThruRPG through our portal, we get a kickback from your orders, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like an RPG, our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at vrpgacademy.com, or you can reach us on social media such as Facebook and Google+. We are there under the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, Caleb G., at... The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>